all that is pending. See, right, so got, your assistant is there, Jason. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was thinking about it. So people are, I know, for the right reasons, you want the recording to be there. And I, for the wrong reasons, I'm on the other side, I'm not able to do it. But I was thinking about it. Holy Spirit was telling, ah, one, I wonder who wants to hear my recording. Right? So more like he's available all the time. No one wants to sit with him. No one wants to listen to him. But when some Holy Spirit-filled person talks, everyone wants to hear. Uh, but the source is inside us. He's always speaking inside us. We don't have time to listen to that. But instead, we are looking forward to somebody else recording. Just a passing thought. I mean, it was to me as well. So, yeah, sometimes God is like that. He reminds us that he is very important. He is yearning and looking forward to sit with us and talk to us. We sometimes in our feeble minds forget that. Anyway, just reminding. So it's all about results, right? How do we measure anything? Let's say if Jason is going to college, he can be in the best university. He may be taught by the best professors. But at, after five years, when he comes out, people will be measuring the time. He may be working hard. Nobody know he was like working one at night. He was studying 24-7, doing a lot of hard work, so much. But imagine that he came out with much less grades. Everyone will only look at the grades and measure. this is the measure. Okay. We don't care whether he worked hard. We don't care whether he went to the best university, whether whether he had the greatest teachers of all. This is what he got. This is the outcome. That's the measure. So always remember, we can go through the great teachings. We can have the best teachers. We can have the best preachers out there. We can have the best content and subject. Listen to it multiple times. But at the end of the day, we should be looking at our results. Only us know. I mean, in this particular case, it's the spiritual growth. I need to sit and look at what changes had uh, uh, after listening to all this. What changes happened in my life? How am I different from what I was? Look at the results. Do not think that you are growing spiritually because you are reading Bible alone. You are listening to many other sessions. If there's no change in your life, that means everything you're doing is not producing results. There's something missing. So that's what most important is. What do I see? That's why Jesus was always saying, is looking for fruits. Right? Produce the fruits of repentance, right? He's always... And the Spirit, Holy Spirit also talks about how the fruits of the Holy Spirit. The fruit, you can judge a tree by the fruits. fruits. Not the color, not the size, not the height, right? Not the might of the tree, but by the fruits. So that's the most important thing we have to remember. <clears throat> if whatever we are doing, whether in physical life or like let's say we are exercising and we are not seeing any improvement. We know that, okay, this is something is wrong. We are doing something wrong. If instead of after exercising, if you are getting knee pain and problems in your back, you definitely will doubt, what am I doing wrong? Something is wrong. The results are not aligned to the expectations. You might be exercising, but it's not producing results. Then you should stop, think, amend what you are doing, rethink and fix that issue. We know that how to do that in our uh, physical life. 
but we sometimes fail in our spiritual journey we always think that keeping keep on praying keep on attending some kind of bible teachings and we are spiritually growing we have this false sense of being spiritually growing but always remember today always remember if it's not changing if it's not producing fruits just take a pause analyze what you are doing where we are going wrong oftentimes if you stop from my life i can tell you that i've been focusing on spiritual growth for a long long time i have read many books i have prayed a lot of crazy prayers i have went to many conferences i have met many many anointed people all for figuring out the spiritual growth and in this quest now i understand when i look back not all of them were beneficial eventually i came to the point of understanding that the only way you can spiritually grow or the i would say the best possible way to spiritually grow in a shortest time frame or the optimal way of spiritual growth is by working with holy spirit so in fact your spiritual growth you cannot produce by yourself you have to work with holy spirit and then only you can change because every good gift comes from heaven above nothing good comes from me nothing good comes from you we are fallen creation so by our own effort we cannot bring anything good neither in the physical world neither in the spiritual world so that's the basic principle then when we go to seeking let's say for a, another another anointed preacher still holy spirit is working but holy spirit is working through that person and whenever you are in his presence whenever you are listening to him yes we are being edified by holy spirit and there will be change but that's short lived because when when we come out of his presence when we come out of the conference when we go back into our home we lose that fellowship with holy spirit because our fellowship to the holy spirit or our communication and our exchange from the holy spirit to me was maybe through that conference setting or from that particular person but the moment you are detached from that setting moment you are away from that person you are exposed to the kingdom of darkness and our own fleshly thoughts so we go back to our desires so this cycle it has happened in my life and i see it happening in many people like we keep going back to retreats and retreats it's a short lived thing yes you maybe slowly progressing it's very slow growth by the time you figure out all the stuff you will be like me like 50 60 and you will be like okay it's too late so what if we need to do i'm preaching to the youth here especially do not think that any person can bring you spiritual growth a particular conference setting will bring bring you spiritual growth if you go to the porta or if you go to this particular place if you go to that particular place those are all needed but foundation is at your home or wherever you are it's inside us holy spirit is inside he is the one who can bring spiritual growth if you don't see results then understand that my working within this temple is messed up so that's the end of it that's what i have figured out after all those years So I don't want you to go through the same kind of journey and eventually figure it out. You can either 
learn from others or you can go through the same experience and learn. Easier would be learning from somebody else who went through that experience. That's why books are very important. Right? They, I mean, genuine books. Sometimes people, saints, for example, they can learn from their life what they have attained. You, that's the easiest way. Instead, you can choose to ask God, like, God, give me that kind of experience so that I can learn. But that will take a lifetime. But smarter will be going back to their life, studying their life, how they experienced it, then implementing it in our life. Same way, understand that working with Holy Spirit is the only way, like Brother Raji last week mentioned, he's a spirit of holiness. That's why he's Holy Spirit. Spirit of holiness, the intention is to make us holy. So there is this false notion that somehow holiness is not important. You can be, you can do whatever sin you want, or you can just, because God is merciful. You can always, sometimes you get this thinking that we have, uh, we can go back to confession. So why not just sin one more time, right? In our flesh, Satan will prompt us like that. It doesn't matter how whatever sin you commit, God will forgive you. That is true. He will forgive. But that's not an excuse to keep continuing to sin. Because there are, you need to understand there are two faces to sin. I think Jason will take talk about this more. So if you, I don't want to go, go deep in there. So there are two two angles of any sin. When Once you sin, you are sinning against heaven, God. The second angle is you're sinning against people, right? There are two angles. God will always forgive. Your salvation will be secure all the time. Every time when you go back to confession, uh, the permanent punishment or going to hell, losing your heavenly salvation will be redeemed. But there's still one aspect where we need to take care, which is the human angle where we are offending our brothers and sisters, offending the creation itself. That's why sin has repercussions. It will come back to us. Anyway, without holiness, we cannot. What's the Bible verse? Without holiness, we cannot do what? Salvation. Salvation in Jesus. No. Eternal life. Salvation. So, different covenants. So if you want to spiritually grow, if you just want to have salvation, Bible says, Anyone who believes in my son and proclaim that he is a savior by mouth and heart, you will get salvation. So that's the covenant. That's the condition to be met. You are a sinner and you can be saved. If you believe in Lord Jesus Christ, by grace you are saved. Because nothing we can we do will Change. bring us to heaven. So salvation is one aspect. But next thing is sanctification, holiness. If you want to grow while we are here, after the salvation is the basic step. After that, if you want to grow in spirituality, then comes the new covenant. Then, then you, do, you need to have holiness. Without holiness, we cannot see. We will not, No one will see God. No one will see God. If you want to see God acting in your body, acting in through your life, you need holiness. That's the most important. That's why saints are so eager to be holy. They had all the spiritual gifts, but still they were very careful about keeping that holiness in their life. The other day I was thinking, if you love somebody, what's the, not something, somebody, what would be the your nature? 
for example, if you allow your kids, let's say a robber is coming at, a bad guy is coming at you both. First, the father or mother will jump ahead and try to protect their okay. kids. Why? A stranger will not do that, may not do that. Why? He may run for his life. Because they love. We are part that are. Right. He loves his life more than the life of his kids. Yeah. But a father loves his kids the more than his own life. Why? Because they're a relationship. He loves more. So the the first priority or first basic quality of love is that you will protect, protect. what you love. Yes. Right. You will protect what you love. Or in other words, if I flip it the other way, how do you know that you love something? When something when when something comes against it, are you protecting it more than your life? Then you love that, right? That's how you can measure love. It's very hard to measure love. Sometimes my kids are like, "Do you love me? How much? How much do you love? Do you love this much or this much or this much?" But we cannot measure love, right? But these are ways to measure your love or, or um, try to figure out what do you really love Jesus? Do you really love? You're anointing. Do you really love Holy Spirit? When a temptation comes, a true nature of us will be revealed. That's the best time to measure our spiritual growth in practical ways. We'll learn about all the details, but in a very practical way, every day, we have a measure, like a, there's a way to figure out, are we growing spiritually? How? There'll be an attack on your holiness on the fact that you are a temple of Holy Spirit. There'll be an attack on your intellect, your choice. Do you want the will of God or do you want the will of your own flesh? Will of God. So, right, yeah, we want it by, in our head. But the true nature of us, the true spiritual growth can be measured at that moment. Do we protect what we love? If we love our anointing, the spiritual growth, the anointing, the anointing is equal to the amount of Holy Spirit's influence on you. I will de define like that. Anointing is equal to the measure of Holy Spirit influence on you. So if you want to protect your anointing, you have to protect that measure of Holy Spirit influence on you. And every temptation tries to steal something. Do we know what why God keeps asking us not to sin? Because we why why does hmm? we go away from God? Yeah, He wants us to be close to Him. That fellowship which Adam enjoyed, we cannot uh, in the garden was destroyed by sin. So we have repeatedly, uh, I think I have mentioned back, we give commands to our kids for some reason, right? I will say, tell Teresa and Apu, don't run into the road without looking. Why? Protection. We want to just guide them, protect them from danger. You want to make sure that, yeah, so I don't, I don't want them to go through something really bad for them, right? I'm giving a command so that it's for their benefit, not for me. Yeah, you right? I will definitely, yeah, it's mainly for them. 
So the command is given to that subject so that he will benefit from it. Not because there are other commands too, like a dictator can issue a command, but that for his selfish purpose. He had no, um, no concern about uh, that person who is going to execute the command or be under that command. But godly love or a parent's command, God's commands are sometimes you like that. Like a God is a dictator. He will be really angry if you break the law. And then he will be punishing you. Many religions talk like that. Sometimes we Christians also get into that kind of mode, thinking more that, oh, I broke this command. Now I am in the curse. I'm going to suffer something and to go back to confession. Instead, that's why maybe Jesus said, no other religion in the world calls their God Father. Right? Jesus came and said, He's your Father, Heavenly Father. Because that's the closest thing in this earth we can relate to Him. That's how He deals with us. He deals with us like His own son, His own daughter. So He's not a dictator or a ruler or a king who's decreeing certain things so that anyone who disobeys will be punished. Instead, if, like a father, he is giving us instructions so that it will benefit us. Which means if we break that instruction, something bad will come to us. And he doesn't want that to happen. If you start looking at every temptation, every law like that, then you will reveal. So you, first question would be, what will happen if I do this particular sin? Why is God so concerned? My father is so concerned. That if I don't have holiness, I don't keep holiness, if I sin, what am I going to lose? Any guess? In that aspect, not to make the closeness, God is still close to the sinners. Somebody type Hebrews 2.14. Where is she? That is, no one can see God. That is written without holiness. Okay. What, anything else? What did from um, what happened to our forefathers when they sinned first time? They were been banished from the kingdom. Not the same immediately. Banished. They didn't. They didn't. No one punished them. Punished them. Something happened immediately. They committed. Forefathers. Because the shame. They they were they felt Israelites. Sorry, I couldn't hear that. I said, which four brothers you're talking about? Adam uh -huh. and Adam and Eve. Yeah. <laughs> Adam and Eve, they, they had to leave that garden. They lost that relationship with God. Yeah, that's uh, eventually. But the moment they committed the sin, first thing happened is... I know. They were not, so they yeah, that's what, they, they realized they are naked, right? Yes. Yeah. And they tried to hide from God. So... The nakedness is not the fact that, okay, they f figured out that they're naked. It's more like something they, they have lost. I would say they were exposed. They were seeing their own nature, but they lost something else which was covering them. Spirituality or whatever that clothes. So let's read Romans chapter 3, 23 and 24. Romans 3.23. Mm -hmm. 
all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and all who are justified freely by His grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. Right. But 23 says, all have sinned and something happened. Fall they short. all fall short fall of the glory short. of God. So, think of it like this. The glory of God is the presence of God or the physical, you know, the glory cloud. The glory of God was manifesting in the tabernacle, in the holy of holies. The glory cloud will come down. Right? Yes, God is present everywhere. He's omnipresent. He's everywhere. But he has chosen certain places where he has manifested his presence in a specific way. Like the pillar of cloud or the glory, the, the glory cloud within the holy of holies, within the tabernacle, the ark of covenant. Similarly, that kind of glory, the presence which was covering Adam and Eve. Because they were so much one with God. The only other as, I mean, place where we, maybe we can, not maybe, that's the place where we see that kind of glory. Any guess in the New Testament? On a mountaintop? Uh, transfiguration. The transfiguration time. Christ for a momentary time, he was in that glory. And then the disciples were in awe and they said, okay, this is something extraordinary. It's better to live here. But that's kind of the covering. I don't know if you have seen any kind of visions, etc. But if you have, if you look through the testimonies of people who have, have an extraordinary experience, who visited the heaven, etc., you will see, they will usually see Jesus a light, a glory and glory. I mean, a light beyond description, light beyond words can put together. That's the glory which is coming out of him. Similarly, Adam and Eve was in that kind of glory. And the moment they sinned, they lost that protection because wherever there is sin, wherever there is darkness, is light cannot stand. That union with God was gone. They were on their own. They lost that glory. They lost that covering until, until then. They wouldn't even see them. Because of the glory. And the glory left and they felt naked. They lost the covering they had from God. So the same applies right now. Every time when we sin, what are we losing? Glory of God. Glory of God. Or in other words, that spiritual measure, the measure of Holy Spirit's influence on us will go down and down and down and diminish and diminish. Bible says that from, from one degree of glory to another degree of glory, we will keep progressing in Christ. Which means the glory itself is a measure. You can keep on growing in that glory. Just like faith is a measure. You can have uh, an accelerating faith. Same way, glory. about like You can see the most of the time when we say saints, they will show the hollow, right? Which means kind of indicating that we're filled with the glory. So the kingdom of darkness is coming to steal that anointing on you, to steal that glory which God is trying to build. In the temple, it was filled with the glory. The glory left the temple. We, in the Old Testament, we see that. The glory came into the temple. So if we are the temple of God after receiving Jesus Christ, the glory of God has to be filled in the temple and it will 
even come out of the temple because the curtain, the veil is being broken. It has to come to the outer court. It has to come to the people. So if we are the temple, the darkness is trying to steal that glory by making us commit sin. That's what the spiritual truth is. So when I sin, temptation comes always to remember the enemy is after the anointing God has given to you. The measure of Holy Spirit, the glory which has filled in you, enemy is trying to steal it. That's why when you try to be more closer to God, when we try to be more spiritual, when you want to work for the kingdom of God, you will see the attacks on you will be more. Why? And for a normal person, there won't be much attacks. Why? There's nothing to steal. Right, there's nothing to steal. They, are already, they own them, right? So the moment you step into spiritual growth, that's why Bible says, if you are ready, getting ready for work okay. of God, be ready for temptations. Right, there's a scripture like that. That's the homework for next week. Find out if we are ready, getting ready for the work of kingdom of God, being ready to face temptation. There's a Bible verse like that in the Old Testament. Find that. So that's a normal thing. So you don't need to be afraid or you don't have to be scared. There, are, there is this thinking that the moment you start to work for the kingdom of God, if the moment you try to um, be close to God, you will be attacked and you will be thrown away and all those bad things happen. That's why it's better not to be not too spiritual. Just be just go to church and be that level. Then you're fine. It's only a half truth. There will be more temptations. Definitely, there will be more temptation. There will be more struggles in your life. But that's because there is much more to steal from you, which means you are growing spiritually. If you don't face any temptations, if you are not seeing that the struggle is not higher or the spiritual attack on you is higher, then know that that's also a measure that you're not even growing spiritually. Nobody cares about you in the spiritual world because you don't, you're not being a threat to them. You're not growing in holiness. So the more temptations come, to, come, the more the temptation is more intensified, the struggles are more, which means now you're on the right path. The glory in you is growing. Holy Spirit is able to build the glory of God in us our body and mind a little bit more and more every day. That's why the kingdom of darkness is trying to steal that. So you should be happy. That's why maybe Jesus said, you should rejoice when you are suffering according to, because of me. Because your names are returned in the heaven. And you are being getting more glory. You are becoming more like a real temple of God even in your body and mind. Always remember, the spirit is perfect. We are redeemed. We are alive in spirit. What we are talking and we are, we are trying to achieve is submitting our mind and body to the complete control of Holy Spirit. And that needs three different things, which we talk about the first thing today. But I just want to give you the foundation of that. Every time, what, what does the Holy Spirit try to do? Holy Spirit is trying to fill you with the glory of God, with Adam lost. But he now we are it, we are able to get it back to Jesus Christ because he the moment you proclaim him as his, your savior, 
then you get holy spirit and what does holy spirit do is the spirit of holiness will bring back that glory which adam and eve lost that's his purpose whether he can bring it out into our mind and body completely depend upon our actions so that's where people fail to understand people will still think that that's a work of some kind of supernaturally we will be just like that we'll be like that no it needs that person's collaboration with holy spirit so that's why coming back to the initial point if you want to spiritually grow if you want to manifest the kingdom of god if you want to proclaim lord jesus christ not just proclaim but show the signs and wonders of the kingdom of god you need to work with your tutor the trainer or professor holy spirit who is in me not just in brother raji not just in many other anointed persons but who is actually present in me with me that truth has to sink so deep that you should stop looking for other people maybe that's why holy spirit reminded me that okay you are so eager to listen to all those other people through whom i am speaking but i myself is in you and you don't want to listen to me you don't have time to spend with me but instead you are trying to get that particular book from somewhere that particular recording if i can be in the presence of that particular person i might be better but you don't want to be in my presence right so that's a that's that's the reality we are being fooled we don't know the truth yeah we are talking about it but it hasn't been a reality for us it hasn't sinked into my mind so that's a basic step we need to do next time when you spending personal prayer which i am hoping everyone is doing already take 5 to 10 minutes pondering over the truth that holy spirit is in me and he is 100% on agreement and he is willing to teach me to train me and to fill me with glory there is nothing i can do to please him more so he is on my side so once we get that truth so deep in my heart then you will understand that peace often times our prayers are like trying to please him god give me that god somehow make me better as if he is not willing to do it it's a, it's a fake thought in our mind some kind of lie i would say from the kingdom of darkness that we need to somehow please him there's something more to be get from god no there's nothing more god can do god has done everything possible we have we have been given 100% there is a saying in maybe i don't know in at least in malayalam it's there tan paadi devam paadi which means you have to do your part then god will do your his part so god is asking waiting for us to do the first part and then only he'll do us or the other way around there's something more god has to do that's not true god has done everything now it's up to us 100% just there's no 50 50 once we realize it that's the basic step then we will understand our true nature think about it do we really yes i am my mind is telling me that i have to work for the kingdom of god 
I really want to go and do many things for Kingdom of Four. That's in my heart, in my in my mind. But when a temptation comes, what do we do? Do we protect Holy Spirit's influence on us? If the answer is no, which means our thoughts are not aligned with our true nature, there's some something more to be done. It's not about guilt. It's about understanding my true right now this is my nature i need to let holy spirit work more on it or i have to make more disciplined actions or decisions the fruits are not aligned the fruits of every day if you look at your fruits spiritual fruits what did i do when the temptation come how much time did i spend out of the 24 hours with god the answer might be like okay maybe five minutes or maybe i forgot to do that or maybe i've sinned a lot that, that shouldn't bring a guilt, but instead, you should, okay, analyze it. Oh, okay, this is how I am. This is the real me. No matter whatever I'm thinking, that I'm reading a lot of Bible, I'm better than last year, but this is what the fruits are, and to work on it. So next day, write it down, and next day, change that behavior forcefully. Every time temptation comes, remind yourself, okay, the enemy is here to steal my glory. Am I going to give it up? Am I going to see what it is offering, which is a fruit of darkness, to steal the glory? It's a tough battle. It's not easy. I'm not saying it's easy. But Jesus was tempted too. Remember, he went to he was led to the wilderness by whom? To the desert Satan. by whom? Satan. Okay, which makes sense, right? He, if you need to be tempted, who will lead you? The kingdom of darkness. But can we look in the Bible? Matthew four eleven. Four. Um, let me see. Yeah, take Matthew chapter 4. Can you read it? Matthew chapter 4, 11. I was about to say it was the spirit who led him into the wilderness, but the Satan tempted him. The spirit of darkness? The temptation of Jesus. Uh-huh. Then Jesus was led by up by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Which spirit? Our spirit. <laughs> you had said this before. Oh my God. It's <laughs> the spirit of darkness, right? So then Jesus was led by the spirit. Is yes. the S capital letter? Yeah. Yes. Which, uh, which version are you reading? NIV? NIV. Chapter 4. Jesus said no. to him, away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God. No. My question is, who led him to the, the temptation? Devil. Then the devil left him and the angels came and attended him. Those are later. But I'm asking, like, who led Jesus to the wilderness to be tempted by the Spirit. 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 The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. The S is in capital. Uh, it's capitalized. Right. So it's the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Yeah. Every time a temptation comes to us, who is sending us there? Holy Spirit. Oh my God. Holy Spirit. Right? Yes. So, 
did mm-hmm. Jesus perform any miracles even though he was god and truly human and really no. 100% god did he did he perform anything before that no we don't see that Jesus was led by the spirit into the wilderness and what happened when he came back angels assisted him angels assisted him correct then i think he was spirit. very weak because he was fasting right fasting he was been assisted by angel for that is there so that's after the time that the miracle after that is the miracle yeah. of god so he unlocked the levels then he comes back and he says begins his ministry in galilee yes. right yes. that's what yes. happened so his ministry started only after conquering all that temptations there right. but in another uh, i can't find the right person place but it says he came back in the power of the spirit he was filled with the holy spirit at the baptism then he was led by the holy spirit to the temptations then when he conquered the temptation he came back in the power of the spirit and then he started his ministry and miracles everything was so there are different layers when jesus had to go through the same thing because he was completely human and he did for us he was an example for us these are the spiritual secrets he had left behind so that we, we understand when we start this eagerness to follow christ follow into the kingdom of god these are the steps we will go through the same things he will go went through so now we are in that understanding okay we are being led into this wilderness where we will be having many areas to conquer and that's in god's will that we conquer them and when we conquer them by the help of holy spirit also there was something extraordinary there what happened what is supernatural in the wilderness you read scripture ever no sorry ji what what was it no no you were saying what is there in the wilderness no in in while jesus was going through facing the temptations there was some more supernatural element happening in there supernatural the flying like yeah 11 411 he went through all the temptation he can't get all that and then then the devil left him the and angels angels came came and came and waited waited on on him. the fallen angels are yeah. gone and the, the and angels of god are attended him ministered him which means he's also getting this angelic assistance right away so if you want the angelic ministry to be there basically i would say the full kingdom of god now became available to him as a i mean when he was in the earthly realm so if you want to work with that level of authority or you can even work with angels where angels will be with you we need to be holy i have question in the That's earlier what the lord is teaching us uh yes earlier teachings you said that um the angels are always like you know there with us uh whether like you know i asked you then what is the reason for confession or for like like purpose like if if even if like sins going to happen like even if we sin or not jesus is always there with us and the angels are also always with us ready for us to command them to do whatever we want so then mm-hmm. won't they always be there when we like whether whatever part of the ladder we are on they are always there jesus is always there holy spirit is always in me right yeah. the presence is always there they are ready 
but our, our let me say in this way our ability or my state spiritual state is not in that level where they will be able to assist me Man, or i would say remember like what what triggers angels they have ability but they don't have authority right. remember we talked talked about right they are right. highly able they have right. much ability they but they don't have authority yeah. they so they wait for god's word yeah. to come yeah right then they carry out it yeah so my word word has to be rema right remember rema is a spoken word logos is a written word when holy spirit when i my body and my mind my tongue my everything is controlled by holy spirit when i speak holy spirit speaks and that will be rema and that can be taken by angels and will be completely executed so basically my authority of my holy spirit over me will be so high that angels will be able to let's say i will be able to enable them to the fullest level so if i am like in the 50 percent level if i am not that much in the glory my ability to work in the kingdom of god is limited by that 50 percent of unholiness in me or in other words in a in pra- or practicality if i have a let's say cancer patient in front of me or a serious case of illness in front of me if i am holy unto the glory of um, glory of god in me that will be much more easier for me to or holy spirit to work through me so it's more about my surrendering my body my mind being completely surrendered to him makes it much more efficiently implementing the kingdom of god i don't know if that makes sense so i think it does yeah 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 so that's much more important that without holiness god cannot act on us so it's not about salvation it's not about whether god is loving me or not about this stuff this is about bringing the kingdom of god manifesting it so in that yeah gospel the commissioning given to us so that we can spread it to others so it's two different things the salvation is always sealed by the grace of god even if you are a sinner even if you are struggling you are on the bottom of the ladder that part will be saved whenever you go what to confession that eternity the salvation is there but we are still in the kindergarten we are just like any normal person there are many people who are lived in the time of lord jesus christ but only 12 or 50 or 70 were able to manifest the kingdom of god that doesn't mean that there were 3000 people saved on the first day of pentecost or we don't see all of them going around and uh, proclaiming gospel only few only selected few who selected few are like only the ones who worked with holy spirit in that level like a saint paul who was completely against it was completely inspired so the this is about how much we want to achieve in the kingdom of god just nothing to do with god's love or god's salvation of grace it's more like our response to that okay i understand this truth what is what am i going to do in my life if you want to be a great tool for the kingdom of god then you will be willing to go through the suffering you will be willing to give up our will more mm-hmm. than for for his will so the, that holding a suspect is much more important for that part so mm-hmm. unless you conquer the temptation it's very hard for us to get into the next level because 
when we are holy, that means your Holy Spirit is much more active in you because holiness doesn't come with, from me. My nature is being suppressed into that level. That's the actual truth of holiness. My flesh nature, my willingness to sin, my eagerness for the world will not go away. That has been suppressed into like one percentage and 99% of Holy Spirit is controlling me. That's the measure of holiness. That's how saints live. The moment I stop praying, the moment I choose wrongly, my nature will come back. And my nature can come back. So let's look at that for a quick moment, like 23. So today, I told you, right, there are three, three key important things when you're working with Holy Spirit in order to achieve this holiness, in order to go into that level of spiritual growth. One, yielding to the Spirit. Okay, note down the points. We'll discuss it later. One, yielding to the Spirit. Second one, fellowship with the Spirit. Third one, ministry of the Spirit. So first, yielding to the Spirit is what we need to look at today. It has more in alignment with what we discussed. So read First Thessalonians 5.19. First Thessalonians 5.19. Only have five more minutes, so we'll quickly point it out. Do not quench the spirit. Do not quench the spirit. The spirit. Or do not extinguish the spirit, in another words. Which means, here also the spirit as his capital, right? So yes. it's not about Holy our spirit. spirit. It's about Holy, Holy spirit. spirit. Which means, there is a possibility, or uh, the... The spirit can be extinguished. So we need to understand Holy Spirit who is living in us, and living in me, can be suppressed or extinguished, like a fire is being quenched, fire is being extinguished. That possibility is there. So even though all Christians have Holy Spirit in them, we don't see them able to manifest the kingdom of God. Why? Because the kingdom of God. Or the holiness, the power, everything comes from Holy Spirit, not from a person, not from any human spirit. So the amount of yielding you have done to Holy Spirit determines the amount of kingdom of God work which will be carried out through you. It has nothing to do with my own ability or understanding. It's about the yielding. If I can quench the spirit, I can also Fire of the spirit, right? Yeah. If I can extinguish the spirit, if I can extinguish the fire, I can also boost it. So it, it has that nature. So now we need to understand the Holy Spirit in us has two natures. One, it can it be extinguished. It can also be fired yeah. up. Yeah. Right? How does that happen? If we understand that, okay, this can happen, we need to find out the things which will boost the Holy Spirit in us, and just keep doing it. And we'll be working fine. That's a, it's ba very basic. It doesn't need to be, you need to be like a special person or something. You just need to understand this truth and willing to do it disciplined. So how do we yield to Holy Spirit? We need to figure out how can, what, what kills Holy Spirit or what extinguishes the fire, the glory in you into that zero personal level. You can be having the Holy Spirit but just look like any normal person, any other sinner. But you can also have, be like a saint. 
like Tatripio or any anybody or even in a sad way, like be Christ. In Christ, the fullness of God, the fullness of Holy Spirit was there. So he, he, he had it 100% on fire 24-7. But for us, we may be like, I don't know, depending on how much we work with Holy Spirit. So what will happen when you go to a retreat center? Or let's say when you are in a anointed worship, we feel visions and all that stuff. But it's because of what? In that atmosphere, the fire has come, the Holy Spirit, the presence is there, and it is soaking through us. It's going through our body and mind externally. And we also, because in that setting where we were in two or three days, we forgot about all other stuff. We were only listening to Holy Spirit. We were only listening to the whole word of God. We were worshiping and all that. It was a temporary boost. It, God, the Holy Spirit came upon us so much from inside. But the moment that atmosphere changes, when you go back to the home, there's nothing which is keeping that flame on that level. So it will slowly extinguish, go down, go down, go down, and eventually to a place where it's no longer flaming inside. We all have that kind of experience, I hope. So that will explain why you are down on a certain day. On, on another day, you are on fire. doesn't mean that you lost anything. Holy Spirit is still there. It's just that the actions which we are doing on a daily basis is contrary to the spiritual na spirit's nature. And he is not able to come up and fly. So we, uh, we ran out of time. So can you tell me, so the homework of this session, now that we understood the spiritual principle that you can extinguish or you can Not bring crazy. it alive. Yeah. Figure out things which will extinguish and figure out things which will boost the fire of the Holy Spirit in you. Write it down and send me as well. Do not send it to the group. Send it to me. And on another paper, I want you to write down. This is very personal and confidential, so you had to. You don't need to send to anybody, but take your time. Write ten things in your life which is extinguishing the fire in you, extinguishing or quenching the Holy Spirit. Ten things. Think hard, or if if the list is more than ten, write it down. But at least find ten things. You do on a regular basis. It should not be like more philosophical, but real practical things like you do. And write it down. Since it's confidential, some may be like some things which we don't want others to know. Write it, maybe put some, only write the first letters of all the stuff or some write a code so that you only understand. I don't want you somebody to read and like, ah, this guy is like that. No, I don't want that to happen. So put something in there which, you, which will make sense to you. A list of 10 things in your life which is killing or extinguishing the spirit in you. And put that in your Bible. Find some coding so that nobody else will understand. Put that in the Bible. And we will use it every day until you take away all that 10. We will come up with another 10. So do that homework. So the three things. One, find out all the general things from Bible or in general life, what which can extinguish the spirit. Another one is another list where it's personal. You don't need to send it to me. But out of these things, what ha what what are the things in your life which you think is the reason why the Holy Spirit in you has been extinguished? So those two, and then there was one more homework from the Old Testament. Find out the Bible verse where it says that the moment you 
decide to work for the kingdom of God or work for the kingdom of God, you need to be prepared to face temptations. Right, those three are there. So let's pray for a quick moment. And remember, apart from all this, Jesus wants us to be holy. Jesus wants us to have the best life. I came so that you will have life and life in abundance. That's what Jesus promised. And that never changes. Regardless of how we feel emotionally, how we feel spiritually, his promise, his willingness, his wish is the same. So when we pray today, always remember he doesn't want anything bad to happen in our life. Either physically, either spiritually, every area in our life, he wants to be blessed so that we can be a blessing to others. Be a blessing to others, understand the glory, understand and work for the kingdom of God. So he will definitely allow us to have financial freedom. It's not prosperity gospel, so financial freedom so that you can choose to spend your life on the kingdom of God. You will, he will definitely will want to have help in you so that you can understand, use your mind properly, work and walk and run and do whatever physical activity you need to take this to the entire world. He definitely would like health, financial thing, your jobs, everything wants to be, needs to be blessed. In that sense, he wants us to have everything. He would never want us to have a mental coma. So imagine everything in your life which you are going through is not from God. He wants to fix it. If you are scared about any particular incident, remember Jesus is with you. He wants you to conquer that. So with that, understanding. Let's have faith that everything which we pray today will happen, will be taken care of. So I want you to do this a little bit. From now on, when you pray, don't just use words. Use your imagination. Close your eyes and instead of stating the problem, think okay. of, a, let's say, I'll give you an example. If I'm praying for a person who is, has a, is paralyzed, for example. I need to pray for him. I would be imagining him walking. See, I'm not stating the problem. I'm going to imagine, in my mind, I will have a picture where he is walking and praising and worshiping God for his healing. So what, you, what do you want to see? Put that into your mind right now. Take a moment to do that. Close your eyes. That one thing, the most important thing we want to see. Draw a picture in your mind. And we are going to bless it by the blood of Lord Jesus Christ. We are going to claim it by the blood of Lord Jesus Christ. Because a king decrees and it will happen. You are the prince and princess of the kingdom of God. You are the sons and daughters of the Most High. When you decree, it will happen. Because of your authority, your position in Christ. Because you are seated at the right hand of God, along with Jesus Christ. You are being enveloped by the most powerful person in the entire universe, Jesus Christ. When he is on your side, nothing can come against you. Nothing will steal your kids from your family. Nothing will steal your health from your own. So finances, everything, doesn't matter what it is. It is yours for the glory of God. So whatever you imagine right now, whatever picture you painted in your mind, 
Start seeing the blood of Lord Jesus Christ. Take that and put it into the cross, into his wounds, and claim that by the blood of Lord Jesus Christ, we are claiming victory over this, this thing, whatever we are imagining right now. Father, in the name of Lord Jesus Christ, we command this to come into fruition. We, when we speak the word of God, we know that this is going to happen. It's not based on logic. It's based on the unseen reality that Lord Jesus Christ is the king and his name is above every other name. He has, has trashed and triumphed over every spiritual entity which is against God. And by his authority, we declare that this thing will happen. I will see this coming into reality in my life. My kids, I see them walking around being blessed. I see the companies making more profit, financial balance sheet coming like that. I see we are filing taxes for such, for such a huge amount. I see that I'm on a stage and preaching the word of God. I see that when I pray, people are being healed. Deliverance is happening. I see that when we worship, the glory of God will manifest. I see that we are traveling many countries and entering for the kingdom of God. I see that we are getting wisdom and understanding. I see that our spiritual eyes will be opening and we will have visions and prophetic anointing. I see that many people will be touched by our hands. I see that this group will proclaim the kingdom of God in mighty ways. I see that the problems in our families going away. I see that our family is staying together happily. I see that our sons and daughters being professionally well settled. I see that the marriage happening. I see that their kids coming. I see every good thing in the life for our kids, our daughters, our, our sons. I see that in our old age, we will have health. We we'll still will be preaching and having a smiley face on our, always carrying the smiley face. Because we will be joyful in you, Father. We claim all this in the mighty and wonderful name of Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. We'll see you next week. May Holy Spirit grow in you and keep you safe all the time. Thank you so much. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Thank you.